Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Anita J, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Today is Tuesday, March 26, 2019, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are in, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Bill's story, and we are on page 15, the very first paragraph, which begins, my wife and I abandoned ourselves, and we'll be commenting on this one paragraph. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Kavi K, 12 traditions, Jackie M. And readers of the text this morning are Jason S, Allison L, and our very important backup, Rebecca F. The share ID numbers for Monday, March 21st, the 7 a.m. meeting is 12,698. 12698. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 12,700. 12700. This morning's newcomer greeter is Naomi B. And the 8 a.m. host will be Tessa Q. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Javi K to read always 12 steps. Hi, good morning, Anita. Good morning, everyone. My name is Javi Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater from Brooklyn, New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, 
were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you so much, Abu Kay. Now, now ask Jackie M. to read always 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Jackie M. from upstate New York, recovered today. Uh, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Jackie M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. 
Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. You're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are on page 15 in Bill's story, the very first paragraph which begins, my wife and I abandoned ourselves. Just reading the one paragraph. And I've asked Jason S. to get us started. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Anita. This is Jason S. here, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. My wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other alcoholics to the solution of their problems. It was fortunate for my old business associates remained skeptical for a year and a half, during which I found little work. I was not too well at the time, and I was plagued of waves of self-pity and resentment. This sometimes nearly drove me back to drink, but I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. Many times I have gone to my old hospital in despair. On talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works in rough going. Yeah. Um, just got my timer. Um, yeah, I really identify with the fact that uh, when things are tough, tough, um, um, Sacrifice of myself to others uh, takes me out of myself for sure. Um, uh, also, with the, the statement that the design for living that works in rough going, um, you know, things I do uh, through the steps, like uh, taking a tent from a fellow or working with a sponsor or commitment of service of some sort. Um, are really things that uh, I identify with and that help me a lot in, in program, for sure. Um, especially during those times where you're scared of not knowing what's God's, um, God's will for me. Um, you know, um, if I turn it over to somebody else, when I get feeling like that, it's usually, uh, you know, it takes me out of that pretty quick. Um, I also notice and identify with Bill uh, where he says, um, I was not too well at the time and I was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. Um, like he's not talking about struggling with alcohol at that point. He's talking about the mental aspect of his disease and struggling with life on life terms and the ups and downs that come with that. Um, so that's uh, 
I feel like that's a lot of the stuff that I deal with now. I'm not really thinking about the food anymore. Having worked through the steps, um, I don't I think of it, thank God, through the, through the work. And uh, so that's when I have to turn to two others once I've worked through it. And uh, I find that uh, I don't have those ups and downs that I had, you know, in early recovery that I struggled with. Once I continue to keep being diligent with being the work. Thanks for letting me share, and I'll pass. Well, thank you, Jason S. And now, um, for about three minutes, that's the time for people have. Who would like to share who has not shared in the last two times we've met? Jason K. This is Larry Tina K. S. Harlan Jason J. Jason K. All right. Hold Kim, Kim J. Mike W. Mike W. Kim G. Harlan J. R. And Larry K. Oh, my Tina Okay, wait a minute. I hear you all in my head, but the hand isn't followed yet. Um, okay, I have Jason K, and I have Harlan G, and I have Larry K. And wait a minute, nobody say a word, don't breathe. And then Tina S, and Nicole C, and Mike W, and Marilyn, and Nancy T. How's that? Maybe Kim G also. Oh, Kim, forgive me. I know I heard that voice in there too. Well, I'm gonna stick you on the end. That's an R. Okay, and now we'll stop. All right, Kim G and Nessa R. And Joy from Australia. Oh, Joy, to put you in. All right, Jason K, please. Start. Good morning, uh, Jason K. Recovered compulsive eater and bulimic from outside of Philadelphia. Um, wow, I'm glad I got heard, and uh, thank you everybody for being here. Um, it's great to hear everybody excited to share, and, and uh, thank you, Jason S. for kicking it off. Um, we get confused a lot. That's Jason S. This is Jason K. Anyhow, this paragraph is just awesome, and I'm just reading it with gratitude today after I've done, you know, done meditation, after um, praying this morning. Uh, and I love this idea of abandoning ourselves with enthusiasm. And for me, that's really, really important because um, I need to abandon myself because that's where I get in trouble is with selfishness, self-centeredness. Um, and a couple times in this book, Bill asks us to abandon ourselves utterly to God as we understood him, um, to give ourselves over to this simple program of action. And in that self-forgetting, um, that's where I can um, get away from myself. And that's where I can experience um, the dimmer switch of, of, of the sunlight of God's spirit is brightening when I focus on others, when I can think of others. And I love the quote, our very life as ex-problem drinkers depends upon our constant thought of others. Um, and Bill says he was fortunate, you know, he didn't get work. And sometimes we don't know what's best for us. And, you know, our life takes a turn or a dip and we go through trials and tribulations. But what Bill's telling us here is a great, great promise. He says we have a design for living that works in rough going. 
Um, and, and every promise with, with, in this book comes with contingencies. We get the promise if we pay the price, because there is a price to be paid. So if we utterly abandon ourselves to God as we understand God, if we abandon ourselves with enthusiasm, and this word enthusiasm is a great word coming from the Greek, to be in the breath of God, the spirit of God. We're enthusiastic as we go forward because we've been reborn. We've been given this great life. Um, our problem with uh, compulsive eating, which we despaired of ever solving, which seemed hopeless, has been solved. So we've been given this life. We've been given this gift. So to pay it forward, to pass it forward. Um, and we're encouraged to do that. And that's um, such a beautiful, beautiful process. And I think that, you know, when I'm working with a sponsee, um, even if it's just a 10, 15-minute call, when I, I, I can hear it in their voice, when they're feeling inspired, enthusiastic, and hopeful, oftentimes that's the most meaningful part of my entire day. That 10, 15 minutes sometimes is the best part of my day, the, the thing that gives me so much. Um, so this is a really, really um, great paragraph. And when all other measures fail, um, get out of ourselves. Work with other alcoholics. We can work through the, the steps four through nine in a really quick period of time. We can get recovered. The obsession with eating compulsively can leave us. And then what's left to do with the rest of our lives, a day at a time, give it away, pay it forward. Um, so with that, I'll pass. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thanks so much, Jason Kay. Harlan G., good morning. Good morning, Anita. Thank you for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Bill has gotten sober in December of 1934. We are now in April of 1935. Now, the part where he says that his old business associates remained skeptical for a year and a half wouldn't put us at 1935. That's kind of a separate issue. But let's take a look at some things here. Um, he says that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. And so many times people will call me and they will say, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I want to eat. And my first question to them right out of the box is, where are you in the steps? Where are you in the process? And then what have you done today for someone else? What have you done today to get out of yourself? What have you done today to, to lose that obsession of self? But let's take a look at the story within the story here. He says here that he, um, he wanted to help other people. But what they don't have in there is he had failed so many times. See, Bill had lots of enthusiasm, and he wanted to pull these guys off the bar stools in New York City and bring them to the Oxford group meetings, and most of them didn't want to go. So what he did was he came home, and there was an Oxford group meeting that night, and he was very, very frustrated, and he said to Lois, now here's where Lois is going to change the history of the world in a heartbeat. He is going to say to Lois, this doesn't work. I'm trying to sober up these drunk guys, and none of them are getting sober. And she turned to him, and she gave him the perfect God-given answer. She said, but you're staying sober. 
And then she suggested to him, why don't you go see Dr. Silkworth tomorrow and ask him what he thinks you might do differently to try to help these people. And he will. And this is April of 1935. And Dr. Silkworth is going to say, I've heard of some of the shenanigans you're pulling out there. You've got to stop preaching at these guys from a moral, spiritual hilltop and tell them what I told you about the allergy of the body and the twist of the mind and if they want to get sober and they have that information at least you'll have a chance and the very next person that he's going to try that on is going to be after he takes a trip to Akron, Ohio in a failed proxy fight for Akron, Tool and Die and that's going to be Dr. Bob but one of the things we miss here if we're not careful is he says many times I've gone to my old hospital in despair on talking to a man there. They weren't real enthusiastic. I love the way Jason pointed out and Theos from God. They weren't real enthusiastic about him talking to the patients there. He wasn't a doctor. He wasn't a psychiatrist. He was a lay person. He was just another drunk. But they saw that he could connect with these people in a way that they could not. And But it took him a long time to kind of break Charlie Downs and break Silkworth and break them down so that they would welcome him to the hospital to visit with the patients because they were afraid because he wasn't a professional, he couldn't be effective, and they found that in ways mm-hmm. he could be effective where they could not. The message must have depth and weight, and with that, I will pass. Thank you, Anita. Thanks so much, Harlan. Well. Batting what? In third base or whatever? Larry K? <laughs> <laughs> I did play third base. Anita, you knew. You had a crystal ball. How about that? All right. Um, Larry K recovered this morning. So I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on Harlan and Jason. I'm 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 climbing aboard. Here we go. Okay. So, but if we take a if we take a step back, you know, th- this was Bill was a guy who couldn't safely drink because of the physical allergy, right? And he couldn't keep from drinking because of the mental twist. And if we can't keep from eating, let's not kid ourselves. Our lives have become unmanageable. And and if my life wasn't unmanageable yet, not enough, um, just give it time. Yeah, it'll happen. So that's where Bill was. So in pivoting to where we are in the paragraphs this morning, as was already eloquently stated, um, you know, here's Bill. And he's reaching, there's something about altruism and spirituality. There's something to it. Now, in my world, in, 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 you know, in, in the, the social sciences, you know, the way, the way out of, for, for many of us, not all of us, but the way out of, you know, depression and, and anxiety and those sorts of things, these are outside issues, but I'm, I'm just going to pull it back in here, is to help someone else. It's the most counterintuitive thing you can imagine. Because when you're, when Bill's, you know, in pain, he's in emotional pain. When you're in emotional pain, probably the last thing that comes to mind is to reach out and to help someone else. Because you need help. You need for someone to reach out to you. But the irony of it is that when we help others, when we trust in this spiritual process and we help others, we get to the point in the sequence of the steps when we're able to carry a message and help others. It's the very thing that keeps us sober and keeps us on this beam of recovery, keeps us in alignment with God. 
I have, and you know, if it, I, I have seen that in my life. And so, you know, when I'm, when I'm working with others, there are times, can you relate to this? There are times you don't want to work with others so much. You're not feeling so great yourself, or maybe you're feeling kind of blah. But I know time and time again that that is the prescription. That is the medicine that I need to stay a spiritual, in spiritual fit condition. And rarely, if ever, if ever, have I hung up from someone, you know, speaking to someone or meeting with someone that I thought, well, that was a waste of time. Even if they're not necessarily, you know, the timing isn't right for them to, you'll be willing to do the work. Nonetheless, you know, I am able to stay sober. I'm able to stay in alignment with my higher power. And so there's something about this altruism, this selfless giving of ourselves that keeps us in tune and in alignment with God. And uh, so Bill's seeing that, and it's going to expand over time. We're going to see how these steps work together because we're going to realize that this is the essence. The most spiritual we could be, in my opinion, is when we are in that altruistic way, when we are helping other people. It's something that works. I've seen it. It works again and again and again when we turn our thoughts. It's a funny thing. When I turn my thoughts to someone else I can help, my actions tend to follow. My actions tend to follow. I can turn my thinking towards someone. And it might not even be someone in program. It might be, you know, my mother. It might be somebody, you know, just I can turn my thoughts to a lot of different people that need help. And my actions tend to follow because my actions will follow my prevailing thoughts. Thanks so much, Anita. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Nicole C., and then it'll be Mike, and then it'll be Marilyn. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning. This is Nicole C. in Morgan Hill, California. And I'm a compulsive eater. And I think it's a miracle you heard my name. I don't know how you do that. Um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just love this. I love this paragraph. I love this book as some of you on the line may already know. We may be having a fifth edition coming our way soon. I really thought that I was not meant to help others. I tried to convince my sponsor that I just wasn't meant for sponsorship. And she reminded me of the story of Bill telling Lois that it wasn't working. And I just kept at it and I'm glad that I did. Um, You know, just yesterday, it seemed such a great distance between meals for me. It was just one of those rough days where it just felt like a ticking clock between my my planned meals. And as soon as I got in the car on my way home from work, I just started reaching out to others and asking them how their program was going, how their day was going, how their food plan's going, how their steps are going, how their work with their sponsor is going, how their day is going, how their family's doing. And it is counterintuitive. But by the time I got home, it was just a fleeting thought. And I just had my committed dinner, and I took my hot bath, and I went to bed. And I love the part where it says, (laughs) the second 
the second sentence in this paragraph, I love that he says, it was fortunate <laughs> for my old business associates remained skeptical for a year and a half during which I found little work. And I love that so much because the seemingly terrible is often God working in my life to help me. And when I get on my knees in the morning, just like every morning, this morning, and I say, please help me to abstain from compulsive eating. Please help me to abstain from compulsive food behaviors. Please help me be the woman that you would have me be. Well, the help is going to come. And I need to be ready to accept what that looks like. And in this particular situation, it looked like very little work, very little work uh, for Bill. And that has happened with me. I have been in the exact same situation or similar situations where I've either been able to find very little work or um, something else, quote unquote, seemingly terrible is put in my path, but it's because God loves me so much that God has a much better plan for me than I have. God loves me more than I could ever possibly conceive. And I'm so glad I get a chance to know that today. And I'm glad that today there's a solution, even though it is counterintuitive, I'm glad that there is a solution and that I can follow it just like the rest of you. It's not special or unique or different for me. It's the same thing that all of us get to use, and it's accessible to all of us. Thank you so much. I pass. Thanks so much, Nicole C. It'll be Mike, Marilyn, and then Tina S. Go ahead, Mike. Good morning. And what's the initial of your last name? Good morning. My name's Mike. I'm a compulsive eater. Can everyone hear me clearly? Yes. What's the initial of your last name? W. Okay. All right. Go. Okay. Very good. You can hear me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I think you know one of the things about this program that makes it different than just sort of a self-help thing or a diet or anything is that it's not that I can sort of take a set of instructions and use it just for myself and apply it and do it. The there's a slogan I've heard in other 12-step programs, and it certainly applies here that the only way you keep it is by giving it away and. By doing so, it, it's it's the one thing that's sort of built into this in this very unique way that it reinforces everything I've already learned just by sharing it with somebody else. And it helps me because then I'm not, as I said, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm working on a solution to thing. I mean, I've been working pretty regularly, intensely with one sponsor and sponsee in particular for the past two years or so and then um, you know when he has his questions about a step and all he's right now on step 10 it forces me to review it and see if I'm doing my step 10 you know am I really you know saying what I say I'm going to if he is getting a little sloppy with my food then I have to sort of it makes me sort of think about what I'm doing and um, and it was really basically the people that sort of went to me and talked to with me and one-on-one were the ones that had the most effect it wasn't necessarily who I heard leading or who I knew chairing the meeting. It was the person that I would have a one-on-one conversation with, you know, the, the times where they, where the newcomer greeters would go to me and say, this is how it works. And, um, and it's an important thing. And, you know, through good times, it's good to share it, but, you know, 
I've had situations. I I had a death in my family recently, and I've been getting out of it by hearing other people not only sharing experiences, but sharing how being absent and being sober, you can come together and be there for the people. And that's really a sense of God working, not so much what does happen, but how we react to what does happen in our lives. And the fact that, you know, you get a choice of of not acting in a way that's self-destructive or self-centered by working this program and and, and doing what you can to be a part of a solution. Now I'm, you know, since I got an abstinence, I'm not on the outs with my family anymore. I could be supportive of them. I don't have to be a burden to them. You know, I can, and I, and I can do that and set my own boundaries at this, set healthy boundaries at the same time. You know, these are the things that the program teaches us to do. And it's just good to be here and just um, good to share that. I'll be, as I said, down and down helping my elderly father in the next few days. So I'll be plugging in, listening to this meeting, and hopefully your prayers will be with him, and my prayers will be with whatever you people need as well. So thanks. Thanks so much, Mike W. Uh, Marilyn, and what's the first initial of your last name, please? Marilyn? Is there a Marilyn? Well, we'll ask later. How about Tina S? Thanks so much, Anita. Tina S, recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. Wow, some great stuff. Heard some really great stuff this morning. So grateful to be part of, you know, you know, and I'm on the same page. You know, one of the things that I know initially, selfishly, you know, I did this thing because in order to save myself, I had to give it away. You know, that was just the bottom line initially when I went through the steps and the sponsor said, you know, if you want to keep this thing that you have, then you, you better give it to somebody else. And, and over time and over work, you know, then it became that I was enthusiastic to do this, to the idea of helping other alcoholics, you know. And I love that it talks about we abandon ourselves, you know, bottom line. You know, and for me, you know, when I, when I heard this first read, I thought about the 10th step because when I'm disturbed, let me just tell you, if I don't get out of myself, what I think I know is going to kill me. You know, so fortunately, you know, for Bill, and, and I've had that experience, too, when I first got abstinent, I, you know, by God's grace, you know, I worked in pharmacy at the time, and I, w- and I was able to take a leave of absence, you know, to really be focused and to, and to really, you know, work the steps and recover from this hopeless state of mind and body, and, and I had that opportunity, so when this is shared, I, I, I go back to that day, those days, and, you know, and what I know is, and it says, you know, and I love it, because it says, when these things, crop, in the 10th step, when it crops up, it says, these sometimes nearly drove me back to drink, that's the deal, you know, when, when all else is left is drinking and helping someone else, you know, you know, spiritual, and uh, working with somebody else, you know, I, I go, okay, you know, Today, I go, okay, let me just, let me see who I can help. Let me get out of myself. You know, and God always presents that opportunity. If I do those steps, those um, each steps in the 10th step, by the time I get to turning my thoughts to helping others, I am so there. I am so there. And then it also talks about, and we read this how many times in the big book, when all else fails, we turn our thoughts to helping others. 
No, and then it says here, work with another alcoholic would save the day, and it does. It so does. And I love some of the words here because it says, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. And that's how I, I feel at times. You know, and bottom line, I really hope the people that I share with, you know, can hear the enthusiasm in me and maybe want this way of life. But I know for me that I can want it all I want, but I got to do it. But that'll pass. Thanks. Well, thank you so much. Now, was there a Marilyn or a Marlene or Marion? Okay. All right, well, Nancy P., I know I heard, and then Kim G. Morning, Nancy. Hi, Anita, thanks for letting me share. Yeah, work with others is really the jewel in the crown. Um, you know, my um, desire to arrive someplace um, prevented me from even starting the journey. You know, my... Um, I just, I never wanted to get anywhere. I always wanted to be there, especially when it came to losing weight or um, getting spiritually fit. I wanted to just be done. And the people that I, um, in my area that I, that maintained their weight, they didn't have, I, in my, just for me, you know, my impression was they didn't really have anything else that I wanted except to be thin. Yet there I was not ever able even to put down the food. Um, and then, you know, when I was um, brought to my knees, finally, um, I shut my mouth and I opened my ears, you know, used my ears twice as much as my mouth because I have twice as many ears as mouths. And, um, and I got better. And I, you know, my sponsor kicked me out of the nest pretty fast um, when I was done and said to start sponsoring. And I can say that, um, you know, that was last year and um, I had some, you know, very difficult family issues going on and I just was in such pain and I made a lot of phone calls and listened to a lot of people. And I can say that, you know, I don't know who I helped, but I would say to the people on the phone, I'm so glad we're talking because I can bet you like a million billion dollars that I'm getting way more out of this than you are. And, you know, we would both laugh and, you know, ha ha ha, you know, but it was really true. I, today, you know, I'd hear people at meetings say, oh, my sponsees are, you know, the joy of my life. And I would sit there and think to myself, I'm so busy. I don't have time to make, to, to deal with people. And I don't want people to be just complaining to me about their problems. And, um, that's not how it is at all for me. Today, my sponsees are the joy of my life, and um, they keep me sober. And um, I sponsor very differently today, just like my sponsor told me. You know, as I do this more, I become more familiar with it. And I've said this on the phone before, like saying this stuff makes me become this stuff. And, um, you know, the journey itself has become the destination for me. And um, Today, I know that sponsoring people and making time for that doesn't take time. It makes time. It gives me time to do all the other things in my life that, makes it, that make my life rich and full. And, you know, I got to say that um, for me, uh, you know, I, I, 
there, you know, I feel like I'm getting more than my share dished up of difficulty, but you know, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And when I work with other people, that makes me feel so much closer to my higher power. I just feel steeped in it. And, um, and so I crave that more to do more of that because that's what makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, thank you for letting me share with that. Okay. Hey, thank you, Nancy P. Um, for those who got on late, uh, because we had a fast start this morning, we we read one paragraph only, the top of page 15, starting with my wife and I abandoned. And now it's Kim G followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. And you know, you know, I always find it interesting. You know, on page 14. You know, we hear Bill's white light experience. We're, we're seeing the great clear wind, the impact was sudden and profound. And, and if we close the book, and where does that page 14 hit 15? On the line that says, plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment after he recovered. You know, I, I know for me, like, I really thought that my problem was I was fat. And my naivete was that when I lost the weight, then I would open up my door and Brad Pitt would be there on his knee with a diamond ring asking me to marry him. And I have to say, I almost had that same naivete about the steps. I'm going to get to step 12 and everything's going to go my way. I'm going to get all my dreams. You know, and I often hear that even too with people who, who listen to Vision for You. They'll say, well, you recover people. You have perfect lives. You're getting what you want. And I can just tell you from my own experience, man, I can keep it together for three, a three-minute share. But you should see me the other 23 hours and 57 minutes. See, because being recovered doesn't mean we're exempt from life. It doesn't mean I don't have fear, I don't have resentment, I don't have relationships. What recovered means is I don't have to stay there. I have a way out when life is rough going. You know, my experience and my observation is the big book works 100% of the time if I work it 100% of the time. And this is really slamming home that idea when other measures fail. Now, this is for me, my experience. I spent decades in a 12-step program working an eight-tool program, or nine tools now. I'm sure we'll have 12 at some point. So I used to think, well, it's these tools that are going to keep me sane. No, it's the step work. But they're saying when those measures fail, what's going to get me out of me is to help another drunk. You know, I always like to point out to my sponsees when they're starting to sponsor the, the introduction paragraph to Dr. Bob. And it talks about Dr. Bob and his 15 years of sobriety. It's estimated he worked with 5,000 alcoholics. And, of course, I'm a numbers girl. I do the math. That's 333 people a year. You know, how often in L.A. it's very common we have one sponsee. And we have that sponsee maybe for years, and that's all we work with. Don't deprive yourself of that. Work with a lot of people because you're going to get the benefit of it. But I get so much more when I work one-on-one -on -one with people because working with others reminds me of who I was and it keeps me grounded in who God wants me to be. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Kim G. Now it's Nessa R. And then it will be Joy from Australia. Good morning, Nessa R. Hi, good morning. Good morning, vision for you. This is Nessa R, a recovered compulsive overeater. So Bill went out looking for people to sponsor. He was trying to carry the message. 
And nowadays, we are very fortunate. We don't have to go across the country, not even across the street, to find people to whom we can pass on the message because we have meetings and, and, and people walk in, uh, you know, into our meetings, um, desperate and God willing, ready to hear the message. And so I kind of want to take a different approach because we often talk about, you know, sponsoring other people, but what about the people who need sponsors, the newcomers who, who, or, or even not non-newcomers, people who are coming back, people who have been in their rooms for a long time, who don't have a sponsor, who don't know how to choose a sponsor, how to ask a sponsor, you know? And so this, this brought me back to uh, when I first uh, met my current sponsor. Um, I must say, it was love at first sight because here was a woman who, of course, she was in a normal body, but you know, who had the joy of living despite, or maybe even because, I don't know, the, the challenges that she had in her life. Her life wasn't perfect um, at all. Uh, and I always thought that my life had to be perfect for me to be happy, that things had to be just so for me to, to, uh, to be happy, to have no stress, to have no anxiety and, 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 uh, and live free. And here was a woman who, despite challenges, difficulties, and pain, um, was living a happy, contented life in a normal body. And I, I, I can't say that I asked her to be my sponsor right away um, because um, strong recovery is intimidating. And, and also, you know, after like four decades of trying to take care of my problems by myself and, you know, parenthetically failing miserably at it, um, it was hard for me to ask for help. And I did have other sponsors before I asked her, and I, I really didn't uh, achieve very much um, in, in the interim. Um, but finally, I got the courage to ask her. And I also, I guess, had the fear of rejection. What if she tells me no? Um, but I finally asked her, and uh, we've been working together for more than eight years, maybe nine years. I'm not very good telling the passage of time. Um, so my advice to people on the line who are looking for a sponsor, who need a sponsor, just ask. Don't take rejection personally because it is not personal. It may be that people just have too much on their plate. Ask them if they can recommend somebody else because maybe they have recovered from fees who can sponsor you. Look for somebody who is recovered. Don't look just for somebody who is in a thin body, but somebody who's truly recovered, who's happy, joyous, and free, who's happy, joyous, and free, um, and can, can guide you to the process from the very beginning, um, identifying the foods that are, are mm -hmm. troublesome, helping you putting them down, and then carrying you, I mean, sorry, taking you to the steps to the state of recovery, which was the, the, the way it happened Thank for me, you. and it can happen for you. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Nessa. Uh, uh, Joy, you, you are up. And what's the initial of your first name, of your last name, first initial of your last name? Oh, hi. Are you asking for me? It's Joe, J-O from Australia. Oh, J-O. And what's the initial of your last name? Uh, P. Initial? P. Yeah. P is Peter? Yes, that's right. Oh, please go ahead. Um, well, I'm Joe, and this is the first meeting I've jumped on tonight, and I'm just very grateful that a, a, another um, uh, person who I know 
has shared the information with me about the phone number and who has brought to my attention that there are these meetings because I didn't know and um, I'm absolutely loving this meeting and I've got so much out of it. It's, um, I'm very grateful that someone has shared their program and their recovery with me and I'm very much in that space at the moment reading this um, uh, story, Bill's story, where he's helping other people and um, um, I'm just so grateful that people are helping me at the moment because I'm just coming out of relapse and um, I've been around um, OA since the 1980s and I've had some wonderful periods of abstinence and recovery and because of my very strong denial and my um, inability to um, really accept my powerlessness, I had to go away and suffer and hurt some more before I could get to that place of true surrender and ask for help. And there are always people there who are helping me and um, sharing their journey with me. And what I'm loving in this meeting is I'm hearing people say, I'm recovered. Now, I, I know that there are people who say that. I've heard it before. But it is just so encouraging for me to hear that people can say, I'm recovered. I know it's a one day at a, at a time basis. Um, but I, ca I can't say that today. And I really pray to my higher power on my knees that I can get there too. So thank you for the amazing service that everybody has done today in sharing their um, stories and, and feedback with me. So I'll pass. Thanks so much, Joe. And Joe, we go on till not, uh, for another hour and 10 minutes. Where the t You have a place there to introduce yourself and leave your number. It would be very nice if you did. The, All the right. only thing... I won't be able to stay on because I'm now two hours on the phone from another meeting and this meeting, and I need oh. to go and eat my dinner. It's it's okay. night time here in Australia. Oh, that's right. All right. Well, maybe another time. All right. Okay, Thank for sure. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Um, Thank you. I have, we have time for two, if they each do two and a half minutes. Katie G. from Boston. Okay. Melissa C. And Melissa, wonderful, wonderful. Melissa, okay. Linda, I'm sorry. Um, Katie and then Melissa. Good morning, Go everyone. Good morning, everyone. Katie G. Recovered in Boston and just loving hearing um, the shares. And, you know, for a long time when I would do step tens, I would do a step 10 and then I would want to analyze the step 10 and then I'd want to call someone else because don't you know somebody else has a better step 10 and um, this book is about into understanding, <laughs> into thinking and I say that tongue in cheek. It's not. It's not. Um, this is a design for living that works and rough going and what it does is for me, no matter what is going on in my life, it gives me a backbone and it helps me realize that everybody on this line today has something going on. Everybody has something going on, right? And it's not like 
um, any of us is getting more negativity in our life than others. It gives me perspective. It gives me hope. And I want to expand this notion. I mean, I'm blessed with a couple women who are just on fire with this work. But it's not about, you know, me and being so great and they're on fire. It's about me attempting to try and, and carry the message. That's what 12 is. You know, having, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. We tried. It doesn't say we succeeded. This isn't the outcome business. Because the thing is, for me, what's been so helpful is to remember I don't have a message that everyone needs. There are hard eaters in the rooms. There are moderate eaters in the rooms. And it's like, okay, God, how can I be of service? And the other thing is that it's so helpful is, you know, I was talking to someone once and she said, well, I'm going through a really hard time. I got to get more sponsees. I got to, you know, I don't own the women I work with. And this isn't about using sponsees so that I feel better, right? Um, you know, somebody taught me once, I don't, you know, work with my sponsees because they're sick. I work with them because I'm sick. But this isn't about uh, me possessing anybody. This isn't about me using anybody. This is about how can I be of service and what should that look like? And it doesn't have to also look like me sponsoring someone. How about calling a newcomer? How about calling somebody in relapse? How about calling somebody who's a long-time person? You know, people who have long-term abstinence and they're recovered, I bet they have step 10s too. Because let me tell you, I'm not long-term yet, God willing, um, but I have step 10s too, and, and I have things to talk about too. So it's like, how can I be of service? You know, um, you know, entire abstinence, working the steps, having, having reflection on myself, and helping others. Death of self for successful living. So for me today, it's all about, you know, if I get so stuck on myself, eating will be a step up. And that is the shift. I don't want to think about it, analyze it today. I want to be of service. And God, please show me, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? And with that, I pass. Thanks, Anita. Thank you. Um, Melissa, uh, closer to two minutes now, a little bit over two. Hi, Anita. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And... Um, Oh, gosh, what a great meeting. And I'm thinking, you know, um, yeah, how, oh, yay, I'm so fortunate. I'm so lucky. You know, he's saying, yay, fortunately, you know, my business sucked. Fortunately, I was full of uh, self-pity and depression. And um, and that just makes me smile because it's so opposite of how I would always view luck to be. You know, luck would be me getting what I what I think I want. And you know, when I think back to this, um, I think about I am so happy, I am thankful that I was at a time plagued with um, panic attacks, anxiety. You know, I was it was killing me, and it was the best thing that ever happened in my life, you know, because it forced me to take my disease seriously. And I've had experiences um, where I was away on a family vacation with a bunch of other families, you know, thinking everything was going to be wonderful. And I began to be plagued by self-pity, by problems. You know, things happened on that trip. It was, it was terrible. It was a terrible, terrible trip. And, you know, we're told intensive work with others. That means not convenient work with others. And on that particular trip, 
I suddenly, you know, I hadn't really been speaking to sponsors because don't you know I'm away on vacation. Um, and what happened for me was a food thought, like, took hold of me in a way that I had not experienced in years. And it was it was terrifying. And thank God for the directions in these books, in this book, because thankfully I called someone. Um, actually, I picked up the phone. Someone was looking for help. And I took someone on, you know. I, I started working with someone on this trip, um, thankfully. You know, thankfully, these directions work. We don't have to eat. We just don't have to. Thank you so much. With that, I'll pass. Oh, thank you so much, Melissa C. All right. Um... We're now going to uh, close the reading uh, with the big book. But before I um, do that, I want you to know the share ID for uh, the meeting we've just all taken part in is 12,702. 12702. And now I'll ask Allison L. to read A Vision for You on page 164. Thank you. This is Allison L. Recovered in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.